0: Welcome to the EAIE Podcast. I'm Laura Rumbly, and this is episode number 23 in our series. It's late July, 2021. And that means that the Olympic Summer Games are underway in Tokyo, albeit one year late and with a raft of pandemic induced limitations, such is the story of our time, it seems. Regardless of the unusual way that this, the 32nd Olympiad has played out, the spirit of the games still seems to resonate with many of us. Healthy competition and sportsmanship are also at the heart of athletic competition at the university level around the world, including in Europe. So how much do you know about university sports in Europe? Our quest for information about the European university sports scene took us directly to the Slovenia-based European University Sports Association, also known by its acronym EUSA. There, we had the distinct pleasure to speak with Matias Pechovnik, who serves as EUSA's Secretary General. To get the ball rolling on this quick dive into the story of sports in European higher education, I first asked Matyaj to give me an overview of EUSA's scope and purpose.
1: Well, European University Sport Association is the umbrella continental organization for sport in higher education. It brings together 46 national university sports bodies in Europe. Uh, we are still quite a young organization. We were founded in 1999 and uh, what we strive is to offer quality university sport event through organization of European university games or championships. But we also focus on education and social responsibility projects and initiatives. Uh, currently, we have 23 sports in our program uh, and we host over 5,000 participants. Representing over 500 universities from 46 countries on an annual basis. Well, unfortunately, due to the COVID 19, this is the second year that we were not able to host any international sport events for students. Uh, but fair play, values of good governance, integrity, equality, uh, inclusion, clean and safe sport are also the key for our organization and events. And uh, for those who know International University Sports Federation more, this is FISU. We are a proud associated member of FISU. Uh, we also have partnership with European Commission, uh, with uh, various organizations in Europe, uh, European Olympic committees, Paralympic committee, European non-governmental sports organization, uh, European Fair Play Movement, and, and several uh, European Sports Federation.
0: It sounds like a really wide scope of activities and really interesting to hear about all of those. I hope we'll get a chance to talk a bit more about some of them. I also was very curious about your own personal relationship to sport and to EUSA. How did you find your way to the role of secretary general? And what does this work mean personally to you? you know, why does the world of university sports matter to you?
1: Well, uh, sport is a way of my life. It's my passion. I, when I was young, I trained skiing and tennis. And I have, in student times, also worked as a tennis and ski instructor, but mostly for the student population. And through the sport, I met uh, many friends. Uh, I also met my wife on the first European Universities championship in volleyball that EOSA organized. Uh, and before coming to, to EOSA, I was a Secretary General of Slovenian University Sports Association that was one of the founders of EOSA uh it was 2003 when i was elected in the board of elsa and at that time since the organization was only four years old we didn't have any financial resources and we just started with the first championships with first events so uh, i expressed my readiness to do voluntarily the role of secretary of of elsa uh, and after a few years in nine in 2009 i was uh, employed uh, in ELSA as, as its secretary general, uh, so this is my uh, this is my story how I, I became involved in ELSA But as I said, uh, I hope that I will be still here for uh, for many years because uh, this is my my passion, and I believe that uh, we are doing uh, the right things for for our students.
0: I think those of us who are living our passions through our work are so lucky, and it sounds like you're very much doing that. So that's a really nice story to hear. Yeah. Um, as you know, I'm originally from the United States, and when we were preparing for this conversation with you, several of us were talking in the EAA office about the the different dynamics when it comes to university sports in places like the United States versus, you know, potentially Europe. Um, in the U.S., we see such an enormous business apparatus around university sports, for example. I wonder what you see as some of the pros and cons of models like that in the U.S. in comparison to the European university sports experience, and why do you think those differences exist?
1: Well, uh, the U.S. model of university sport uh, definitely differs from the model of university sports in Europe. Uh, It's reflecting the two different approaches to sport in general in the two continents. Uh, in the US, uh, college sport often serves as the basis for professional sport and is much more professional than in Europe. Uh, it is very common for top athletes and also from Europe uh, to be recruited by university scouts, offering scholarship and also assisting them with a with the sponsorship. Uh, this brings much needed promotion for the universities, uh, building their status and reputation and offering the top students uh, the sports and education conditions. But in, in, in Europe, uh, the sport is usually based on pyramid system through the clubs and federations. And uh, even though the university sports plays a piece uh, of, of the puzzle, the approach is, is quite different. While uh, universities may still recruit top athletes and provide scholarship, they mainly provide education, while the sports development uh, mainly lies in the hands of sport clubs and, and federation. Uh, so the differences between the two systems probably lie in, in the differences in the culture, in the differences in the educational system and and sport in general. Uh, In Europe, sport is often idealized uh, through its values and uh, amateur approach with wide accessibility and the top athletes come from a bigger number of people practicing and competing. While in the US, sport is much more privatized and professionalized, uh, yet somehow more limited in terms of reach and uh, availability.
0: So you've already touched on that um, phenomenon of a pipeline in the U.S. from university sports into careers in sport in different ways. Does EUSA support students who want to find employment in sports? And um, are there some particular ways that universities in in the European context help student athletes achieve those kinds of post-graduation goals?
1: Yeah, well, uh, talented and elite athletes often face too many obstacles and do not... Uh, pursue their education at the university level. And for those who decide to study at the university, they either need much more time and support to complete their studies, uh, or they are lucky uh, that their national legislation or universities offer dual career programs. Uh, ELSA partners with different organizations like the European Athletes Student, uh, the Dual Network uh, Career Network, the European and National Olympic Committees also universities uh, and, and other partners. Uh, we do this through the projects, which are founded by the U- European Union. Uh, through through them, we encourage key stakeholders to provide solutions to support athletes in their studies and students uh, in, in their sports. Especially the Olympic c- committees uh, also have different programs in supporting athletes uh, who have concluded their sports career to get into education and employment and also encourage those talented and elite sports athletes who are still competing to start planning also in this direction. Uh, But I I think that uh, at this time there is no one fit solution uh, around Europe to support the sporting and academic career of uh, student athletes. So... Custom solutions and agreements between the institutions of higher education and sporting bodies uh, and with the support of organizations like like ours uh, needs to be devised.
0: So, I'm certainly not an expert in the world of athletics, but I'm I'm struck by the, the idea that the life of student-athletes is necessarily bound to certain physical places. So, in general, I would assume they can't be too far away from their teams for too long or away from their coaches or away from their training facilities. So, in light of that reality, to what extent do you see European student-athletes taking part in international mobility programs such as Erasmus?
1: Well, uh I'm happy you mentioned that because we we, uh, are quite active in the field of uh, Erasmus Plus programs and European Solidarity Corps. Those uh, programs, they offer different options for young people. They support mobility in studies and volunteering. And these mobilities may be short, medium or long term. So also the student athletes may benefit from such opportunities, even even though not all might be used uh, uh, by everyone. I can share with you, for example, uh, the volunteering and internship programs in our uh, office in Ljubljana, which are supported by the European Union uh, through the European Voluntary Service. Uh, over the period of, I, I believe, last nine years, we have hosted more than 20 international volunteers and interns. And some of them, they were also talented athletes who were able to continue with their trainings and competitions also while they were here in Slovenia. Uh, they arranged with our support uh, with their clubs uh, and they were transferred here for the set period. And then they trained here in Ljubljana. We found them the club. And so it was uh, quite good experience. And uh, during our competitions, you must know that the students do primarily not represent their home country because we have competitions for universities. So if somebody is uh, studying or doing Erasmus program at uh, one university, uh, he or she can still uh, represent the university at that time and compete on on our events. So uh, these are a few examples of how uh, this exchange can be possible. Uh, But uh, of course, it is fair to acknowledge that there are several arrangements that need to be made for the talented and elite students athletes to be able to use the mobilities without affecting their academic and uh, and sport careers.
0: So at the beginning of our conversation, you alluded to the fact uh, that we have been uh, living with very unusual circumstances over the last year and a half and the COVID-19 pandemic affecting everything in our lives. Sports have suffered countless restrictions and limitations in the face of all of this as well. How do you see um, student athletes coping across Europe with these developments and what kinds of supports have they received either from EUSA or from their own institutions or other actors in the network that are there to support and um, advance university sports?
1: Yeah, uh, well, uh, this situation hit uh, our organization and I believe also the older student uh, population very, very hard. Uh, Since Europe is a very diverse continent, there were many different approaches uh, by the national governments across Europe, especially when it comes to sport. But mostly sport was very much limited, and uh, the pandemic and uh, the restrictions uh, hugely affected university sport. Uh, We checked with our members how they were coping with the situation, and most universities only did some online lectures and courses, but all the sport events uh, and activities were cancelled. There were some cases that uh, online alternatives were put into place, but uh, it is very hard to practice uh, and engage in sport. Uh, so this is especially true if you are a member of a team, uh, but I believe that also uh, athletes practicing individual sports were greatly affected as well. Uh, As for a long period of time, no life events were possible, including trainings and competitions. Uh, I believe this is a hard period for students, but also for us as an organization. Uh, And It was also especially hard to understand why uh, the restrictions in sport were lifted so late. you, you could see many cases that uh, shopping malls and non-essential services they were being opened, but uh, sport was be- being uh, closed. So uh, I'm convinced that uh, being denied with access to sport uh, had, and unfortunately, will still have substantial consequences to the physical fitness, development of health, mental well-being, and overall welfare of students. Uh, so I hope not, but if we st- still experience some more lockdowns, uh, I believe that we all should encourage the governments to enable access to sport, pending that the safety and the security measures uh, are met.
0: Indeed, we have to be hopeful, don't we, about future positive developments, but not an easy thing to work with. The disruptions imposed by the COVID-19 pandemic aside, how would you characterize the overall health of university sports programs in Europe today? do you think uh, university athletic programs receive the attention and the supports they need to thrive?
1: Well, (laughs) a very short answer would be that uh, university sport in Europe is still very much underrated and uh, not fully utilized by universities. Some universities see sport as an unnecessary cost Especially in the times of austerity measures. But some universities, however, do recognize the broader importance of sport for the well being of their students, as for recognition to the university, an excellent way of promotion of the universities. Uh, university sport community, including ELSA, uh, uh, is helping to share good practices and approaches by hosting events like we have the ESA Rectors Conference, uh, which brings together the rectors of European universities. And we offer the opportunities for them to get acquainted with the existing approaches on the local level. The conference gets uh, them familiarized with the European universities' events and enables them to develop sustainable solutions. Uh, Also, some other organizations uh, are active in this field, Uh, the International University Sports Federation, uh, FISO, for example, they started with the so-called Healthy Campus Initiative, uh, which additionally recognizes such universities.
0: So it sounds like there's a lot happening and yet more work to be done, which I guess is true exactly. for yeah. areas that we work in. One last question for you. We're having this conversation in July 2021, one week before the scheduled opening of the Summer Olympics in Tokyo. Of course, with all the complexity that's been surrounding that uh, major international sporting event. How important do you think sports are when it comes to fostering friendship, goodwill, and understanding across national borders and across cultures?
1: Well, sport plays a very important role in our society. And perhaps now, even more than ever, this is being demonstrated. With the postponement of Tokyo Olympic Games and most of the other sport events, including also European University Games, there was a clear void, not just for the athletes, fans, and sport enthusiasts, but I believe that this void was noted by uh, everyone. Coming together to compete does not only show the sport aspects of the events, but give signal and hope that we will be able to come out of this vortex and uncertainty. So the more sport we do, the better the future will be.
0: Those are great words to end on, I think. Matijas Pechovnik, thank you so much for speaking with us today.
1: Thank you very much, it was my big pleasure.
0: That was Matija Pechovnik, Secretary General of EUSA, the European University Sports Association, which is headquartered in Ljubljana, Slovenia. If you're interested in learning more about EUSA's activities, please check out our session notes for this episode. We've got links to their website and a couple of recent EUSA publications, including a 20-year retrospective on their work. The next episode of the EAE podcast will feature a conversation about the student experience with the European universities initiative. I hope you'll join us as we chat with Alexander Clark, who serves as president of the student board of the European University Alliance known as Una Europa. Of course, you can keep up with each of our new episodes by subscribing to our series on your preferred podcast platform. We hope you'll like us and share us on social media as well. Recordings are great but so is live interaction, and if that's what you're looking for, we hope you'll join us for the upcoming EAIE Community Exchange. It's important for you to register for the Community Exchange by September 9th to be able to access bonus content and set up meetings when the platform opens on September 14th. We also hope you'll join us on September 14th for the Community Day kickoff event that we'll be hosting that day. The Community Day is two weeks prior to the event itself and will allow you to start browsing the platform early and begin creating your schedule. You'll also be able to network in new ways while solving problems in a collaborative activity, and you can even attend a bonus life skills session exclusively broadcast on that date. All the details you need are on our website, www.eae.org. That's it for this episode of the EAE Podcast. Thanks so much for joining us and all good wishes to you from the EAIE.